And we're going to look at Paul's little secret. Paul said he had a secret. And it's this idea, the secret of contentment. And we're going to consider what in the world is he talking about? Because I, I don't know what it's like been like for you guys um, over the last three weeks. What has it been? Two and a half weeks, four months, six years. I don't know what it's been. It's felt like forever. But I don't know what it's been like for you. For me, um, I'll say I reached my low point on day one, literally. Like the day after spring break um, is when I just it just kind of like hit me of, okay, this is the world we live in right now. It was that Monday. And I had a lot on my mind, um, a lot on my heart. I was angry. Uh, I was sad. I was confused. I was conflicted. Um, I had really a a, a breakdown that day. And that was sort of the low point. And it's not that I haven't felt all those things since then. I haven't felt all those things at one time since then, at least. Um, But I've definitely felt those same emotions day in and day out since then. But then there was just like a couple of days later where I felt very different. Um, I remember it was that Wednesday that the sun came out again. Do y'all remember that? It got pretty around South Carolina. I know some of y'all aren't in South Carolina, but on that Wednesday, uh, I was sitting outside right, right out here outside on our little back deck and, um, the sun was shining uh, the girls were playing outside and actually having fun at that particular moment. Um, the azaleas were blooming. The birds were chirping. And I literally just remember, this was like 48 hours after kind of my initial breakdown. And I remember sort of taking a deep breath and thinking, okay, we're, we're going to be okay. Have y'all had those moments? The back and forth? Like, it's not going to be okay. Okay, it's going to be Okay. That moment sort of came and went for me, uh, just like these other things do. And a few minutes later, I felt anxious again and frustrated and angry and confused. That, that's sort of where we are right now. We live in that back and forth, at least I do. And so how can we be okay more internally? That's sort of my question. Like the external stuff is happening. I mean, the, the, you can read the news at any given point. The stories change. The stats change. The, the caution um, increases and how can I be okay inside almost despite what's going on on the outside? Does that make sense? So that's what I've been struggling with. And really it comes to this question of how can I be content right now? And so that's what Paul's going to address Philippians chapter four, starting in verse 10. He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. So I have two very quick points on contentment. The first is the premise of contentment, and the second is the promise of contentment. Pretty easy to remember, hopefully. 
when you think about the word contentment, I wonder what you think about. You may have a definition in your mind. I've actually been asking people this all day. What do you think contentment means? And I've gotten as many definitions as I ask people. Think about it for a minute. My, my guess is that our initial premise of what we think contentment means is sort of um, happiness. It's like an internal happiness, maybe, that things are going really well and I feel really good about it. Um, it's like I'm on top of a mountain. I just went on a great hike and, and I'm at the top of a mountain and it's beautiful and some for some reason I'm not even tired and um, and I just, and the weather's perfect and I have like a snack up there with me, like bluebell chocolate chip, you know, cookie dough, ice cream and some nachos and I'm also in an Eno and all my friends are there. And also in this scenario, I'm like really rich and famous and loved and attractive. And that's contentment, right? Like if, if I can just have all those things at once, we're good. Like I'm super content. Contentment for many of us, it, it kind of relies on this if-then scenario. If I have, fill in the blank, whatever the fill in the blank is, then I'll be content. Then I'll be happy. Which is why I think our premise is completely wrong. It's completely off. Which is why we're chasing contentment all the time, hoping to find it maybe if I get the next thing, if, if things begin to work out for me. We think of contentment as like some Zen moment where just everything's falling into place. I'm good. Like I've arrived. So here's what I want to say. Don't miss what Paul is saying. The context here is that he's just been delivered a gift uh, from the Philippians. Uh, Epaphroditus had been sent and delivered this gift. We don't know what the gift was. It could have been money. Uh, It could have been some supplies or whatever. And in the context of thanking them for the gift that they've given him, He says, even if you didn't give me the gift, I would have been okay. Did you catch that? Like he's thanking them, but he's also saying, my contentment isn't based on the gift. He's saying that I had a need and you supplied my need, but I want you to know that even if that didn't happen, I have learned the secret of contentment. In whatever situation I find myself in, he said, having plenty or having nothing, abundance and being in need. He says, for me, I've learned the secret of contentment. Because contentment isn't based on my circumstances, Paul says. It's almost in spite of my circumstances. It's like a deeper satisfaction and an internal soul rest despite whatever external circumstances are going on. That's what Paul's getting at about his idea of contentment. And if you think about it backwards, discontentment is so much more natural for us uh, for me, it is complaining, grumbling, um, whining. Our discontentment reveals what we really love, which is hard. And I don't know about you, but God has been revealing to me things that I love, uh, maybe more than I should. I don't know if He's done the same for you, but I love my schedule. I love knowing what's coming up. And it turns out uh, there's not much coming up. There's not much scheduling. Um, I love people approval and people pleasing. And I can't be around people. I love comfort and freedom. 
and I love control. And God, by His grace, is removing even some of the things that we love in order for us to understand our loves at a deeper level. Does that make sense? Discontentment reveals our idolatries, if we'll allow them to. And that's actually really good news for us because, here's why it's good news, because we're learning not only what we love, but we're also learning that we really are loved by Jesus. We're learning what we really need. And what we need is to know and believe how much we're loved, even when we don't have the things that we normally have. A short illustration is Corey Ten Boom. You know, she is the Dutch Christian who, along with her family members in the Netherlands, helped um, a number of Jews escape the Holocaust by hiding them in their closet. And she was arrested and imprisoned for doing this. And she wrote this classic book, The Hiding Place. And she has this line that's just so beautiful where she says, you may never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. You may never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. This is what Paul's saying. Paul's using the word contentment. When he uses that word, by the way, he's actually entering into a philosophical argument in the day. The, the ancient Greek, Greek philosophers were arguing of like, what is the nature of contentment? Where does it come from? And m- most of the philosophers would say contentment is sort of a um, whatever makes you happy, what satisfies you, uh, independency or self-sufficiency. It's riches or it's fame or it's having it all. That's what the ancient Greeks would say. Um, those silly Greeks, what do they know? I mean, we're, we're struggling with the same things, right? We think that's what contentment means is, is self-satisfaction, self-sufficiency, independency. And Paul says, no, I've found contentment even when I have nothing. Because even when I have nothing, what I have is Jesus. So here's the promise of contentment. That's the premise. Here's the promise. And it comes in the verse that maybe is the verse used out of context more than any other verse in the Bible, like ever and all the time. Philippians 4, 13, where Paul writes, At the end of 12, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You can write it on your shoes, but it doesn't mean you can dunk. You can... Uh, Put it on the tape on your eyes before your flag football game, but it doesn't mean you're going to win. You can write it on your socks before you run a marathon, but it doesn't mean you're going to finish. I wouldn't wouldn't finish even if I wrote the verse. Like Philippians 4.13 has become, I don't know, it's like an athletic motto more than anything else. It's, It's sort of on brand to believe I can do all things through him who gives me strength. But what's the context? The context is Paul saying, I have nothing, but I have Jesus. I know what it's like to be in want and to be in need and to be isolated and to be sad and to be lonely, but I have Jesus. And I can do all things through him who gives me strength. We think of contentment as self-sufficiency. Paul says, no, it's Christ's sufficiency. 
we think of contentment as finding the power within. Paul says, no, it actually has to come from outside of you. You actually can't create contentment or dig deep enough to discover contentment within you, no matter how hard you try. He says it has to come from the outside. We think of contentment as making our way to some like higher sense of self, some higher calling. But Paul says, no, contentment comes from on high to meet you where you are very low. That's contentment. It's finding that Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, death on a cross, to come to us who are very low. Paul talks about contentment in other books of the Bible, too. He talks about it in 2 Corinthians. He talks about it in 1 Timothy. And in Corinthians, when Paul talks about contentment, it's in that context where he talks about the thorn in his side and how he asked God to take it away. Have you ever had something in your life where you ask God to take it away. God, I would be happy if I could just not have this in my life. And Paul says he prayed over and over again, and God didn't take it away. And once again, even as he's struggling, he says he's learning the secret of contentment because Jesus tells him, my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is actually made perfect in your weakness. Paul actually says in that verse, he says, contentment in my weakness. We don't think of contentment like that. But he says contentment is found even in my weakness. So what's his, his secret? His secret is that Christ's power is made perfect when we are weak. His secret is that we can find real rest in trusting that Christ is enough. He who was content to go to the cross for our sins. He who was content to forgive those who even crucified him. He who was raised from the dead by the power of God now serves as the one who gives us power to be content. Not because of our circumstances, but actually in in spite of our circumstances. Not because of our independence, but because of our dependence on him. He is in control And we can finally learn to rest in him and him alone. So contentment is finding joy in Jesus. It's finding rest in Jesus. It's finding peace in Jesus. Because no matter your circumstances, you are found in Jesus. That's been Paul's point all along. You are in Jesus. So that's where you can also find contentment. All right, I'll I'll end with this little illustration. Um, a couple of days ago, we were. Uh, I was driving somewhere. I don't. I don't know where I was going. Running some errand with Lucy in my car. That's our oldest daughter. She was in the back seat, and uh, I asked her, "Hey, I don't know what what made me think about this, but I was like, hey, Lucy, this was. We were in our neighborhood, and I said, do you ever know where we are when I'm driving? <laughs> and so she's like nine and a half, right, almost ten. And she like looked around outside and she was like, nope, not until we get on our street. Then I, then I know where we are. And I don't know why I thought to ask that, but I thought it was funny. I think I kind of thought to ask it because I was like, if she gets lost, like, will she know how to get home? The answer is no. Um, so she, she just riding around, looking around. I don't know where I am. I don't really know where we're going, uh, but here we are. And so she can look out the window she can see what's going on, but she, she, can't, she can't always know where we're going when she's riding the car. She's in the back seat. She's not in control. She 
can't see fully through the windshield. She can see we're going somewhere, but she doesn't know where we're going. And she can't have any control over getting us there, right? Or getting us there safely. But what she can see is me driving. And that's sort of it. She can see me in the driver's seat and she just sort of, I hope, knows that I know where I'm going usually. Um, sometimes I don't, but usually know where I'm going. And, uh, you know, I, I have some control here in the driver's seat. But here's the point. Contentment for us in this season is actually sitting in the back seat, trusting that our Father knows what He's doing. He's in the driver's seat. He is in full control. He knows where he's going. I don't know where he's going. I don't like it. I can only see so much. And I don't actually like what I see. But we can strive to see him leading us along, driving the car. He has a plan. He's in control. He's good. There may be bumps in the road. And I know for many of you, um, this season is more difficult for some of you than it is for others, okay? Um, some of you are kind of like, yeah, it's fine. Pass fell. I'm getting to see friends from time to time or life at home is, is pretty good. Others of you, that's not your story. Uh, home life is really difficult for uh, all sorts of reasons. Um, you have a lot of things on your mind. Um, for you seniors, you, you soon-to-be graduates, my heart has been especially heavy for y'all. Um, I know this is so heavy as everything's changing and you feel like maybe some things that were so important to you you've looked forward to for, for such a long time have been taken away from you. I know for some of you, you have family members that you're really worried about, um, folks who uh, you know may be in, in the at-risk category or... Um, Maybe even some of your family members, their job has been really affected. Income has been affected in your home. I know for some of you, this season is harder for you than it is for others. But for all of us, it's hard because we, we don't have control. And we don't know how it's going to end. And we don't know the destination. But if we can just lean in just a little bit, just like a little bit, to what Paul's saying the secret of contentment is, is that even while I wait, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You, you have to begin hearing that verse outside of the context of sort of pop culture language. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, which means I can rest. It means I can stop. It means I can learn to serve, serve others, serve my neighbor while I wait. I can be okay with it not being okay. I can lean into the hard things. I can pray. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And in doing that, I may even just begin to discover the secret of contentment, finding joy in Jesus, trusting that God really is driving the car and he knows where he's going. Would you pray with me? God, this is hard for us. Um, what a What a season, what a strange season to be learning contentment. And Paul says it is learned. It's not automatic. Um, it comes with a lot of wrestling. It comes through a lot of confession and repentance. It comes through trials and endurance. 
but Lord, would you grow contentment in your people? And I pray that if any of these students don't have a um, a, a living relationship with you, Jesus, that, that they would know that they can be found in you first before they could ever find true contentment. Jesus, you entered into this world. You know the pain. You know the frustrations. You know the temptations that we're up against. Lord, would you set us free to find real joy in you, truth in you, endurance in you, contentment in you. We ask this, Jesus, for your glory, and we ask it for our good. In Jesus' name, amen.